Welcome to the Redeemer Lincoln Square podcast. Our church began in 2017 and is located just down the street from Lincoln Center in the Lincoln Square neighborhood of Manhattan. Our podcast will primarily feature sermons from our Sunday worship service and the occasional interview or ministry resource. We hope you'll subscribe. Now, here's today's message. Today's reading is from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Amen. Well, thanks, Becca. Uh, it's, it's my sincere privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, just sharing a brief message as we jump into a brand new sermon series here at Redeemer Lincoln Square. My name is Chuck, uh, and I'm a pastor here, and I don't think we can stress it enough. I don't think we as a staff uh, can say this enough, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the ways that you've supported this church and this church family uh, and one another over the last two months. This whole experience that we are facing, uh, this whole crisis, it is unprecedented, and there's simply no playbook. Uh, There's really no way to look to the future and make tangible decisions because we simply don't know what the future holds. And as Joe talked about at the very beginning of our service, uh, we're just surrounded by distractions. And even worshiping this way uh, can be so distracting. And yet God meets us in those distractions. And God meets us in everything we're facing. Many many in our midst have, have gotten sick. Some have lost friends and loved ones. Some have lost jobs or received pay cuts, and we have all, in one way or another, we've all been hurt by this virus, by COVID-19. Even if your life has somehow been pristine and didn't change one iota since mid-March, the reality is, in the city of ours, the city that we call home, there have been more than 21,000 deaths related to the virus in the five boroughs alone. And so even in the midst of the most normal situations, we're facing a devastating, abnormal reality in New York City, and we will never be the same. But we say thank you, because we as a staff could not pull together weekly virtual gatherings. We couldn't raise an incredibly generous disaster relief fund. We couldn't reach out to you all personally and individually if you all weren't part of this as well. Several of you have helped deliver food to healthcare workers. You've helped deliver goods to some of our Hope for New York affiliates like St. Paul's House and the Bowery Mission. You volunteer in this city. Some of you have given blood. You've prayed for this city. You've prayed for your church family. You've prayed for me and my family. You've given us food and gifts as we continue to figure out what it means to raise a newborn in the midst of all this. And so we say thank you. And I think it's appropriate to mention all of that, to really acknowledge all of that at this very moment, because we're entering into a brand new sermon series today. I have the opportunity to lead us into this new series uh, that will take us, I think, basically through the month of July. And as we slowly walk through several verses in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to do our best to understand more and more of this idea of faith. In the coming weeks, we'll be looking at the lives of several biblical characters who lived with faith, who lived by faith, often during very fearful times. And as our pastor, uh, Michael, uh, prayerfully considered uh, what was the best way for us as a church to connect with you 
through a new sermon series, I think it's profound and really meaningful that he landed on this idea of living with faith during hard, tough, terrible, unprecedented times. And I think this idea of living with faith actually has the power to drive us deeper into gratitude. And I think in a lot of ways, I'm only able to express gratitude, to say thank you because of this kind of faith. The faith that we see throughout Hebrews 11, the faith that we see even in just these few verses. And the idea of connecting our lives today, in 2020, our COVID-19 lives to the lives of individuals like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Sarah uh, and more, this begins to show us how we can have this kind of faith during, in a lot of ways, the hardest time of our life. But today, we're not at those stories yet. Today, we have to set the stage for what's to come. We have to set the stage for why we even need this sermon series, why it's even relevant for us to find some type of hope or connection to these old ancient stories from the Bible. And we do that with the help of these opening verses from Hebrews 11. Now, if you're in a, if you're in a community group here at Redeemer Lincoln Square, this past week you would have studied these verses uh, in preparation for today's service. And in the study guide, we shared quite a bit of background on the, on the book of Hebrews. And you know, this book is just, it's profoundly rich. It's, it's one of the deepest, most theological books in the Bible. Uh, and a large part of that is because in it, in Hebrews, we learn that what the Bible said thousands of years ago, what it says today, that what the Bible says remains relevant throughout the ages. And so what Hebrews does is it pushes its readers, it pushes you and me into this uncomfortable place where if what we read is true, then we can't just dismiss parts of the Bible that we we disagree with or that we don't like. Because according to the author of Hebrews, what the Bible says is complete. It is true, and it is always relevant. But perhaps most striking in this book is that the person of Jesus Christ is lifted not just as some great teacher or a a moral example for us to follow, but as the supreme God of the universe, as the God who speaks to you and me, to his people, and as the God who is always with us, who gives us rest, and who is our advocate. That's what this whole book is about. The power of God's word the power of God's Son. And here in chapter 11, we come to a pretty powerful passage, even in just these opening verses, a passage on the power of faith that is found in God's Word, faith that is found in God's Son. And so if we're embarking on a journey about finding faith in fearful times, we have to first answer the question, so what is this faith? This faith that you can find in God's Word or in in the Son of God, what is this faith? If you've ever tuned into church at all over the last couple of months, if you've ever attended probably any service in any place in the world, you've likely heard the word faith mentioned once or twice or 20 times. Faith. But what is faith? You know, if you want to just look at the, uh, these verses for an answer to that, the original Greek word used for, the, for our word faith uh, here is pistis. And it can be unpacked a number of ways, but perhaps most easily defined, uh, it's, it's belief or trust or confidence. And as you study this particular word, pistis, it's hard to see uh, only in these verses, but, but throughout its usage in the New Testament, you see that pistis is always a gift from God. And it's never something that can be produced by you or by me. 
Hear that again. Scholars agree that if you study this word faith uh, in the New Testament, it is always a gift from God. And in addition to that, it can never be produced by you or me. It can never be manufactured or earned or bought. It is a gift. And as you think about this, this idea of a divine confidence or trust that is given or offered to people by God, and you see that actually right here in verse 1. You see that, right? Faith is confidence. Faith is assurance. It's confidence in things we hope for. It's assurance in the unseen things. You see, you get an answer to this question, what is faith? You get it right here in the opening verse of this passage. But even this conversation, uh, I would say this is still somewhat ambiguous, right? Because I don't know where everybody uh, watching, I don't know what you believe necessarily. And, And certainly, as I ask the question, what is faith? It's almost unfair to just immediately assume a deeper Christian answer to dive into the Greek word and to look at the New Testament or to even look at these verses uh, for the answer. What is faith? Well, it depends. What kind of faith are you talking about? Are you talking about the Muslim faith, the Hindi faith, just some spiritual faith or faith in yourself, separate from any type of God or higher being? And we've all heard people say, "Ah, just just have a little faith or "Just, just keep the faith. Well, is this faith in ourselves, in our own abilities, in our own strengths? Is this self-made confidence and assurance? If you spend any time on social media, Twitter in particular, it's not too hard to come across very well-meaning individuals who will describe themselves in their short bio as something like faith, freedom, family, something like that. But what is this faith? And how does it play a role in your, your freedom and in your family? Now, of course, all of these examples, all the places your minds might drift to when you hear the word faith, or when I ask you right now, what's faith to you? Where does your mind drift to? These things aren't bad. I'm not criticizing these things, but when we're talking about faith, finding faith, needing faith during fearful times, I don't think these different iterations or examples or the myriad examples that we could come up with in in a short amount of time, I don't think these are what we so desperately need. You think about uh, more than 21,000 people dying in our city over the course of two months. You think about the racial disparities that have arisen during COVID-19, that in our country, we've lost at least 19,500 black lives to the coronavirus. Our black brothers and sisters account for 13% of the U.S. population and 25% of coronavirus deaths where race is known. Or right here in New York, our Hispanic and Latinx brothers and sisters account for 19% of our state's population and 26% of the coronavirus deaths that have been reported. Or how this past week the, uh, it was announced, uh, it was discovered that the Navajo Nation surpassed New York and New Jersey for the highest per capita coronavirus infection rate in America. When you think about those things, those realities, it's not political. It's not bias. It's not fake news. It's data. It's reality. It's truth. When you think about that stark reality, where do you find your faith, your confidence, your insurance? What kind of faith do you actually need? And as you've heard, and as I know many of you have experienced, uh, there have been a rise in hate crimes and in, in instances of hate speech directed toward Asians and Asian Americans in our country and in our city. In Borough Park in Brooklyn, uh, one of the first kind of publicized uh, 
events was that an Asian woman was taking her trash out and a man threw acid on her. This is near the beginning of this pandemic. I've heard from several of you uh, in our LSQ family and throughout the Redeemer family of churches that when you go outside, you often will wear sunglasses and a hat and a hoodie just to protect yourself from the likelihood that someone will hurl an insult at your way or look at you a certain way. In the face of this racism in 2020, where do you find your faith, your confidence, your, insur- your, your assurance? And what kind of faith do you need? Is faith in yourself? Is faith in your strength, in your own sort of self, your abilities? Is that really the faith you need as you stare down these kinds of realities? I would encourage you, regardless of what you might believe this morning, regardless of how long you've uh, considered yourself a Christian or not, regardless if this is your first time worshiping with us at Redeemer Lincoln Square, or you've been with us since the beginning, I would encourage you, I would implore you to consider that the faith needed to confront these fearful, trying, painful, dark times that we are facing right now is not found in you. And it's not found in your partner or, or your spouse. It's not found in your children. It's not found in your job or your bank account or your political party. It's not found in your president or your mayor. The faith we need right now and the faith that we will see described over the coming weeks in Hebrews 11, the faith we need is this pistis, this gift from God. At Redeemer Lincoln Square, we value questions and the people who ask them, which is why we hold a time of question and response or Q&R after our Sunday worship service. It's an opportunity for anyone to text in questions and then process responses alongside our pastor and other members of our church community. If you have questions about today's message, send an email to lsq at redeemer.com or join us for our Sunday worship service. Now, here's the remainder of today's teaching. As I was, <clears throat> as I was preparing for uh, today, I caught up with Uh, One of my good friends in the city who is an Asian woman who has told me that in her more than two decades of living in New York City, uh, she's actually never feared for her well-being until this crisis. And not because of the health-related struggles that the virus presents, but because of the racism that has had a light shown on it. In an incredible show of faith, though, when I asked her about her own faith during this, she told me that that part of her is actually using this experience that she's having to better understand the experiences of her black and brown friends as they've had to deal with similar issues for their whole lives. As she puts it, she said this, she said, I believe this is strengthening my humanity and my faith. She said in the midst of all this, in the midst of racism, in the midst of health-related fears and job-related concerns, all the politics that are being played, in the midst of all of that, she said that her faith is at worst challenged, but it is not weakened. Challenged, but not weakened. Strengthened, as she said, finding, strengthening her own humanity, strengthening her own faith. Faith that can confront the worst of humanity. Faith that can confront the worst pandemic we've seen in our lifetimes. Faith that can be challenged but not weakened. Faith that can actually be strengthened in the face of all that. That is the kind of faith that we need. And I believe that's the kind of faith that we see here in Hebrews. This pistis that is described in verse 1 as confidence and assurance. Found not in physical things. Found not in anything we can actually see with our own two eyes. But found in the unseen. 
in verse 2, it's this faith that we're told uh, that the ancients were commended for having. And the ancients, they're the men and women who are mentioned throughout the remainder of this chapter, who we will be walking with over the coming weeks. Next week, Michael will lead us through the faith of Abel, found in verse 4 of Hebrews 11. So this faith, this active faith that is described in verse 1, it is a faith that has been around not just in the first century when Hebrews was written, not just with us today in 2020, but with the ancients, with the men and women who lived in ancient times and whose lives and stories are captured forever in the Old Testament. And then we're told in verse 3 just how powerful this gift from God is. And how that power transcends even our connection to these ancient people. It is by faith, it is by this gift from God that we can begin to understand that the universe was formed at God's command. And then again, that verse ends with another emphasis on the power of the unseen. That the visible was made out of the invisible. Here the author of Hebrews is drawing us into the story of creation, the story that our Bible opens with in Genesis 1 and 2. One of the most inexplicably powerful and life-changing doctrines we have as a church, that all of creation was created by God out of nothing. That all of creation was created by God at His command. And here we find that our faith, our confidence, and our assurance, our very faith is wrapped up in this power, in this power of God. The same power that brought this world into existence, that brought humanity into existence, that brought the universe into into existence. This is what our faith is wrapped up in, and that is who is giving us this gift, this pistis, this gift of assurance and confidence. Take a second Take a second and imagine what that means. Imagine what it means that you are equipped. No, you're not equipped. That you are created to be so confident, to be so assured, to have such strong faith that your very being is in some way connected directly to the power that spoke our universe into existence. Imagine that. And now, accept that. Accept that reality because this is not some fairy tale. This is not some far-off, distant future that you have to work toward in order to receive. This is a gift from this Creator. This is a gift from this God. And as we're told throughout the book of Hebrews, this God humbled Himself so much that He he came to this earth as a child, that He lived on this earth as a man, that He ministered across the land and was ridiculed and challenged and conspired against and arrested and spit on and tortured and eventually executed. And this God who humbled Himself to the point of death on a cross, this God rose from the dead and He walked this earth as the resurrected Jesus Christ and He ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father where He continues to reign as the Lord of our lives, as the King of all kings, as the Master of the universe, as the author of all things to this very day. And because this King continues to reign, because His kingship is still a reality in our lives. We can face racism. We can face death. We can face a global pandemic. We can face social distancing. We can face unemployment. We can face isolation. We can face uncertainty because the God who gives us the power to face these things has already achieved victory in our world. Having faith in fearful times, finding faith in hard, trying, troublesome uh, crises, it's only possible because of the God who has gone before us. Jesus Christ, who died the death, 
His people deserve so that His people could live lives as sons and daughters of God. We don't just look to Jesus Christ as some distant, supernatural, transcendent being. We look to Jesus Christ as our elder brother in this family of God, who is so transcendent that he, that God, spoke the universe into existence out of nothing, and who is so imminent that we can approach this God in intimate, personal prayer, that we can call this God our Father, that we can call Jesus Christ our brother, our friend, our healer, our sole source of faith. Now, I know, <clears throat> I know it's easy to, to say this sometimes, and it, or it can be encouraging maybe to hear this sometimes, but what does this mean practically in the here and now for you and for me, for us as Redeemer Lincoln Square, for us as citizens of the epicenter of this global pandemic? Well, on one hand, and not to, not to delay the answer, but this is not an answer you're going to just get in just a few minutes in a sermon. This is an answer that you'll get and you'll understand more and more over time. The more you read God's word, the more you spend time in prayer, the more you commune with one another in God's presence. And of course, I hope that it's something that'll be revealed to you more and more in the coming weeks as we just saturate ourselves in this idea of faith, this faith that we see in Hebrews 11. This is all we're talking about here at Redeemer Lincoln Square for the next couple of months is faith and this faith that we see in Hebrews 11. But also, I think we can find glimpses of an answer. We can begin to understand what this means for us practically, even in our service this morning. In our confession that, uh, that Joe led us through, we confess that we've not been full of faith, but instead we've been unfaithful in our relationship with God and with one another. We confessed that we've placed our faith in other things like money, power, greed, convenience, that we serve our own self-interest. But when we confess these things, when we read through that prayer together, we also ended that prayer, right? We prayed to a gracious God and we asked Him for forgiveness. We asked Him to bring us back into the fullness of our relationship with Him and with one another. We are upheld by this power of God, by this power of this divine, undeserved forgiveness. That is assurance in what we cannot see. When we read a prayer of confession like that, and we come to that time of asking God for forgiveness, that is confidence in something that we hope for. It is not a tangible reality that we can hold in our hands, but it is a a reality that is promised to us that we hope for. It is something that we are assured of, even though we can't see it. And it's found. It's found right there in our confession and in our repentance. Because in our repentance, we don't just say words. We don't just say a prayer together. We change. That's why our prayers of confession are so important, because they are so much more than just words. If we truly believed what we said this morning, that we worship power and money and greed and convenience, what would happen if we remove those things from the center of our lives? If we stopped placing our confidence in our money, if we stopped finding assurance in our power or status or in the convenience of our lives, what would that look like for you, for me? I can't answer that for you. I can think about it in my own life. But what would that look like for you? I can say with the utmost confidence that if you figured out the answer to that, that if you strived for an answer for that, if your faith was in the unseen and not the seen things in your life, 
you would be changed. You would be forever changed. And this is not just about your own individual change. We're talking about the changing of the world, of God's kingdom, of the city, of our country, of the universe that God spoke into existence with just His command. Our faith is wrapped up in the power of creation, and that means our grief is wrapped up in the power of creation. It means our laments are wrapped up in the power of creation. It means our confessions are wrapped up in the power of creation. It means that if you know the saving grace of Jesus Christ, if you can utter the words with your mouth and know them in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, it means that you, you, a son or a daughter of the highest king, that you are created to live by this earth-shattering, life-changing, universe-commanding faith. We're in for a treat, trust me, we're in for a treat uh, this morning with our offertory music. Uh, It's a song called His Eye is on the Sparrow, and John gave me a little preview of it a few days ago, and I have to say, as I was preparing for this sermon, I was blown away uh, by the beauty uh, of the music and the beauty of the words that go along with this song. And the lyrics are printed um, <clears throat> in the PDF of your bulletin. But let me just, let me just read a few lines to you. This is how the song uh, opens. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Though our faith is in the unseen power of God, we rest assured that this God sees us, that his eye is on the sparrow, and that he watches me, that he watches you. In Psalm 121, Uh, The psalmist says that God will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, this God who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. This is the God we follow, the God we claim to be the Lord of our lives, the God who loves us so much that he gave up his only son, Jesus Christ, so that we might break the chains of sin and be in fully reconciled relationship with him. He sees you and me and he watches over us and he will never stop watching over us. It is a gift from God. And that is what I need. That is what I need. It's what I need to hear today, tomorrow, and always. I need to be reminded of who this God is and of who this faith comes from and the power that this kind of faith has. Power that, as my friend said, power that can stare racism in the face, that can stare uncertainty in the face, that can stare 21,000 deaths in the face and say, my faith might be challenged, but my faith is not weakened because my faith is is confidence in what I hope for, for what I long for, what is promised to me when Christ returns to this world to restore and redeem God's creation. My faith is assurance about what I cannot see, but my faith is faith that is given to me by a God who sees me, by a God who spoke the universe into existence. It is this faith, it is this faith that we embark on this new sermon series together. And it's this faith that I believe will carry us through these fearful times and make us stronger. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, I thank you so much for the gift of your word 
and for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, uh, particularly for this book of Hebrews that, that shows us the beauty of these gifts, the beauty and the power of your word, the beauty and the power and the friendship of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for my own life and for all those watching and worshiping this morning, God, that, that we would begin to understand the gift that you have given to us, this gift of faith, faith that is unshakable, faith that is unwavering, faith that is, will not crumble when, when we lose something, faith that will not crumble when we become uncertain about something, but faith that will only be made stronger in the face of a crisis, faith that will only be made stronger the deeper we understand who you are. Father, Jesus, you reign as the king of this world today. And so as we face this crisis, God, we pray for your swift healing hand to come to the city, Father, to ease the pain so many have been feeling. Until then, God, give us confidence and give us assurance for this promised future that you will return to our world one day, that you will bring this creation back into perfection, that you will heal the nations, that you will welcome us into this new Jerusalem, into the new heavens and the new earth. Father, until then, let us sink our hope, our assurance, our confidence, our faith in you. Hear our prayers, God. We, I, I pray that these words, that this message, that this sermon series we are embarking on, I pray that these things are glorifying to you and that they are pleasing to your ears. Father, we give these things to you now. We pray them in the name of our Lord and Savior, of the King of our lives, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning into our church's podcast. We pray that it can serve as a resource for you as you continue processing aspects of Christianity and growing in your faith. We hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and we invite you to join us for worship on Sunday. We're located at the corner of West 64th Street and Central Park West. More details can be found on our website, lincolnsquare.redeemer.com. Thanks again for listening to the LSQ Podcast.